It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. moment, 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 moment. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Miked Up on Ohm. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. You're listening to Ohm Radio at 96.3 FM. This is your non-commercial uh, community radio station. And th- today, this uh, episode today, uh, we're going to be speaking about something that's near and dear to my heart. If you've listened to... Um, Miked up on OM in previous weeks, um, you'll know I'm passionate about politics and civic engagement, and specifically as it pertains to marginalized communities, and specifically black black communities and communities of color, descendants of Gullah, so Gullah folk and whatnot. Um, so today is no different. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite my friend Kayla. Kayla, I'm going to have her introduce herself, but Kayla is a friend that I I encountered. She wrote this really amazing piece on Medium uh, a month or so ago, and it was was really good. It it Basically, it highlighted all of the African-American women who held a prominent place in area politics, and it, 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 the reason why she wrote it, um, and I'll, I'll have her talk about it specifically, but she wrote it because she felt there was local coverage in local publications that didn't necessarily mention these women's voices. And yes, my voice, my name rather, was, was one of the names mentioned um, in, the, uh, in the article. But, but I got to know some other women, some friends that I didn't know as well, some colleagues, and I got to know Kayla through the process. And so today we're going to talk about black women and their political power, um, the movement that we've been seeing. We've been seeing hashtags for, for over, maybe since the 2016 presidential election, um, things like hashtag trust black women or black, just a myriad of, of um a myriad of, of hashtags and, and conversations around black women's political power. As many of you know, black women are the most consistent voters when it comes to, and this is not a partisan conversation, but when it comes to the Democratic Party specifically, black women are very consistent and they show up. They show up, and Melissa Harris-Perry kind of put it in perspective for me, black women show up almost as if it were illegal not to vote. And so with that political power, with that, um, with that strength that we often exhibit, um, it's time to start really thinking about being strategic because we want to know whether or not our power is being taken for granted. Are we part of the captured electorate? Or can we demonstrate a little bit more uh, individuality and, and courage and start to leverage our power in different ways? Um, and so that's what uh, today's show is all about, is how to be strategic about our, our political power, how not to just uh, tow party lines for any specific party, but to rather, um, you know, I, I really am a big proponent of not forfeiting our political power, not just going along with uh, a popular narrative. And so I know there are issues specific to black women that are important that aren't being spoken about right now. There are things that are specific to um, or important to black women from the South, uh, maybe women in the Northeast. You know, we're not a monolith. And I think that's also something that we need to um, to dissect. Both Kayla and I are very different women. And so, uh, you know, it'd be great to hear her perspective on what women's priorities are or what does she feel the priorities are of, of most black women or, or some black women and how we can get as many different types of black women to the table to talk about um, what their agenda is, what their priority is. So that's what today's show is going to be about. Um, you'll also hear me um, consistently challenge um, the, the establishment. So any establishment, not just Democrat, but the Republican establishment. Um, I, but I'm also fair in my assessment. And one thing that was brought to my attention by another friend, um, her name is Michelle, and she lives in Walterboro. The one thing um, that that she pointed out to me this week was that, you know, it you know this challenging power and challenging whether or not we have enough voices of color and specifically enough black women's voices present is not specific to any one pa- party. And so she mentioned she mentioned. Um, Hold on, you know what? My phone is ringing. The wrong phone is ringing. <laughs> she mentioned um, she mentioned how the other parties, like the Republican Party, does a good job finding um, finding 
talent of all colors. So you know what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a music break. I know I just paused because I'm trying to figure out. I think she called the wrong number. Uh, but what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to take a music break. And again, let me just let you know who you're talking, who you're listening to. This is Mika Gadsden. You're listening to Miked Up on OM. You're listening to 96.3 FM on radio, your nonprofit, non-commercial radio station. And we're broadcasting live from Workshop um, at 1503 King Street inside of OM radio studio all right and so i'm going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to some music and you know what y'all i'm just going to let you in behind the curtain this is my first day being bored out on my own show so i'm trying to do like three things at once without blowing up the soundboard <laughs> and even though that won't happen okay so we're gonna yeah you're gonna see you on the other side Sorry if you guys heard some Skype ringing, <laughs> but um, now nah, we're just going to iron out some kink, kink, some kinks. I, again, I have Kayla calling. I'm going to have Kayla introduce herself. This is Mika. You're listening to Miked Up on OM, um, and this is 96.3 FM on radio, your nonprofit, non-commercial radio station, and we're broadcasting live from Workshop, located right here at 1503 um, King Street. So yeah, um, as we before we went to break, I was mentioning how we're talking about Black women's political power. Uh, Kayla's gonna join us in a second. She's gonna call the call the Skype number, and we're gonna talk about her initiatives and what she's planning on doing. What we're both uh, we're actually joining forces to um, to kind of just tackle this issue to make sure. Um, that we do black women justice and that we speak to the issues facing uh, black women. But I was I was trying to say before I went to break, and I know I was uh, trying to juggle two things at once, so I wasn't coherent. But basically, what we've seen in a, in a state that's red, we've seen the Republican Party actually find uh, candidates um, of color, um, like a, a Nikki Haley and like a um, and like a Tim Scott. So, um, yeah, we got Kayla coming right now. So what I'm going to do is we're going to see if Kayla oops, see if Kayla can hear us. Kayla, are you there? Hey, Tamika, I'm here. Hey, Kayla, how are you? 
Hey, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for joining Miked Up on OM. Um, I was just letting the audience know that we're talking about black women's political power and how to be um, to, to how we can avoid forfeiting our political power uh, and leverage it so we are in a position of strength as opposed to just voting around voting down uh, you know party lines or with whatever party. But first and foremost, can you just introduce yourself first and last name and, and who you are and what you do? Sorry, my name is Kayla Millette. Uh, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I have formal experience organizing on both electoral and issue campaigns. Mm -hmm. I'm heavily involved in my community. I, you know, for professionally, I do a lot of work around policies and um, within systems. Uh, but I think most importantly, you know, I'm a black woman and a black mother to a, a black daughter, mm -hmm. and. Um, and someone who believes in um, elevating the black woman's voice and, and being supportive of, you know, my sisters. So, I, you know, not to go down my whole resume or anything like that, but I think that's probably most important to what we're talking about today is that, you know, I'm a black woman who, who is really impassioned about elevating black women's voices. Right, and how I, I mentioned before um, when the show started, I mentioned how I came across uh, your... I came across your, and can you hear me okay? Just so you, I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, great. Um, I came across you by way of your Medium article uh, and how um, it was following Post and Courier. The Post and Courier <laughs> wrote an article about the most important, I guess, or the most prominent, uh, was it Democrats specifically? And then you wrote a yeah, Medium. Yeah. yeah tell, me, tell me what prompted you to write your article. Yeah, so, you know, um, like I said, I have previous with uh, I've worked in democratic politics. I haven't been heavily involved, but I'm close enough to recognize the work being done by black women for the party that was being done when I was, you know, working within the party and, and on behalf of democratic causes that I know is still being done by black women who, you know, for the most part, don't do that work for recognition. They do it because they believe in the cause and they believe in the candidates and they want to see us thrive. Mm -hmm. However, um, when the Post and Courier published that article, um, about the, you know, d Democrats to watch in 2020. And, you know, quite frankly, I'll be honest, like initially when I opened it, like I just kind of scrolled to say, like, okay, like we're black women, right? Mm -hmm. And what, what I noticed during yeah. oh. were Kayla, Kayla. The, the lack of women in general, specifically black women. It's, it's showing a poor connection. Oh. Kayla, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. It's showing a poor connection. We're kind of going in and out. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's on my end. Yeah, I, let's see. I, I don't, I have a good. You're good? Okay. I, I, that's fine. Just, um, I don't know if you're moving or anything like that, but, um, yeah, you can continue to talk. I, we'll, we'll, you know, if we have to cut it, we'll cut, but, um, definitely keep, keep going. Okay. Um, but no, no, but so the article itself, it, considering all the, it's a, it's a prominent national conversation. Democratic women are known to carry, I mean, okay. deliver votes. <laughs> we're out in the community working. We're having house meetings. We're knocking on doors and calling voters. And then I know that to be especially true here in South Carolina. And so when I read that Post and Courier article and noticed that there were very few black women represented. And then, you know, some of the people who were represented, I mean, one of them didn't technically even live in the state except to work in a um, primary or in an election. I, I felt that there was a certain level of erasure of our work and mm -hmm. efforts that needed to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I know that a lot of the women who do this work don't do it for recognition. However, when we think about history and how our stories will be told, it's important for, you know, my daughter and for um, other black women to recognize, like, that we, it's not always that we're not in these spaces, it's sometimes that we're not being acknowledged for our contributions. And when we think about what we have the power to do, the power that we possess, um, in some ways we've been utilizing that and our stories haven't been told and we've been overlooked because, you know, someone wanted to make sure they were able to put you know, a field worker who may have just hopped on their first campaign and been, you know, a guy that they liked, put them on the 
on the list to help them climb the ladder. And so my thought is, you know, maybe the Post and Courier didn't have a lot of time to do research, and maybe they just called around and asked. But even if that was the case, why did nobody think, let me put black women on? Let me, you know, if we can't pay them a whole lot for the work they've been doing for us, let me give them this opportunity to highlight their work so that maybe it does lead for other opportunities for them to have their say and to have their voices heard and to be engaged in democratic politics. And so I read that article, and quite frankly, it kind of pissed me off. <laughs> mm. And, like, um, late one night I went and I just, you know, started writing, like, you know, from my heart, like what I really believed. And published, like, published it on Medium, threw it on Facebook, put a list of black women who I knew were doing work and who were just as qualified as most of those guys in that article um, and shared it. And before I knew it, like, it was being shared left and right. But even more so than it being shared, there were black women in my inbox or black women who I'd run into while I was out and about who were thanking me not just for the article as it relates to politics, but because in every realm of our lives, we're experiencing, like, that mischaracterization we're experiencing people misjudging us, you know, like overlooking us, overlooking our work, not understanding us and not being seen. And so the article, I think, kind of led to more discussions for me about why our voices aren't being heard. And one of the most telling things, I think, was the staff at the Post and Courier being, you know, so white. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a valid who, call Who out. was there to check yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, who was there to check it and well, say, like, hey, right. this whole list you have, where are the black women? So, yeah, let me, <laughs> um, let me, let me interject right there. I think that's more um, – thank you so much for that. I think that was – you just open a lot of people's eyes um, as to like how we see this issue, how women, how black women see ourselves either represented or not represented. And I being from um, originally born and raised in the Northeast, again, for those who don't know my story, born and raised in New Jersey. So a big blue state um, where Democrats were in power and black women led a lot of the positions of power. Um, I was born and raised in New Jersey, then uh, did finish high school here in Charleston, South Carolina, returned to northern New Jersey, Hudson County, to uh, complete my, my to, to start and complete my bachelor's. And uh, my, my experience of, of living in Jersey City, living in Tenton Falls, Monmouth County, New Jersey, living then uh, most recently for 10 years in Philadelphia in the Philly metro area, for um uh, for ten years, really opened my eyes up to seeing how Black women actually have positions of power, and how they have a seat at the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know this, Kayla. Like the South is a different animal, and I'm. It's not about it being better or worse. It's about it being different. But different. But, but one. Sure. But sure. one thing I definitely see, and I know the state's politics are different, and I I don't identify as a Democrat any longer. But one thing I see is that even though Black women vote along party lines down here. They do not have any positions of power within the Democratic Party. Um, and uh, someone made an argument, Kayla, and you can tell me whether or not you agree. Um, a friend of mine made an argument that the, the Republicans probably have done a better pro- uh, done a better job at finding diverse candidates, i.e. Tim Scott, i.e. Nikki Haley. Um, you know, in terms of finding people of color and more diversity to champion and to put up for prominent positions. What do you think about the, the Democratic leadership here uh, in, in South Carolina and just them finding talented women to even run for office, run for Senate, run um, for Congress, so on and so forth. Yeah, well, so I, you know, I definitely think that I don't know that I would say the Republicans have done <laughs> a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I do think there is a, a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're often behind, or and I want to say we're, I'm talking about the party. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the party, I think, is often behind the eight ball when it comes to the recruitment of women of color. Now, I know there's organizations like um, Emerge yeah. that's working to train up, women, you know, black women um, being held, like led by Melissa Watson there, not just for black women, but training up women um, for office and getting them to be more civically engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, really taking black women seriously and recruiting candidates and getting behind them. I don't think from my, from my point of view that I, I see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and then it's, and maybe it's happening and I just don't see it, but that's problematic too. Right. Right. Because um, there's, there's a, a component of um, visibility. I think that's important 
when we're talking about whether or not black women feel like they can be included in mm-hmm. all levels of the process. Right. And again, like going back to that article, when, you know, you have an article that based blatantly says like, these are the Democrats to watch for black women who are watching and they may have considered running for office, mm-hmm. who may have considered, you know, um, being engaged to read an article like that. And, you know, to know what we know about safe spaces and how intimidating it can sometimes be for us to be in um, spaces that don't include us to, um, they don't necessarily, I mean, articles like that and attitudes like that don't aren't necessarily inviting to us, I think, to engage in the process. And so right. often we end up, like, having to find our inspiration outside of the state, like you mentioned, like, in mm-hmm. other states. Like, right. we see a Stacey Abrams, right? right. <laughs> and we yeah. get an inspiration from Stacey Abrams. Yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, get, we'll get in the car. But it's not because we don't have yeah. it here. No, but but we'll get in the car and we'll support. We'll we'll join with Mijente or, or go down and, and we'll campaign or, or, or even um, – call and canvas for other other candidates you're right but you're right it is here i didn't mean to cut you off i apologize mm-hmm. no, no, you're uh, good. yeah but um the town i believe the talent is here um you know mm-hmm. we, we have a tradition of and i'll say her name as many times as i can we come from a tradition of a september clark we come from a tradition who's homegrown from charleston but we also come from a tradition mm-hmm. uh of ella baker and, and Fannie lou hamer women from the rural south who were prominent figures during the civil rights movement, and for mm-hmm. some for somehow we've lost our way. Um, I'm gonna push back a little bit because I'm a very vocal um, critic of the Democratic Party. But first, let me do. I need to uh, pause intermittently and just remind folks what they're listening to. All right, so you're listening to Ohm Radio. This is 96.3 FM. I'm the host of Mic'd Up on Ohm, Mika Gadsden, and I'm with Kayla Millette. Uh, here and we're talking about black women's political power and what what Kayla's working on, what she's enlisted my help to help work on um, to, in terms of helping black women kind of coalesce or rather just uh, build a build build a stronger uh, stronger network so we can support and amplify each other's voices. Um, and so you were you were again I, I'm a critic of any um, institutions of power. As, a, as an activist, I have to challenge power and how it performs and how, mm-hmm. it, how it reaches folks. So um, for full disclosure, anyone who knows me knows I'm a very, very vocal critic of the Democratic Party and their leadership. Um, you know, I, I think that they do, um, while there are things in place like an Emerge, which was, which did have leadership from our local Charleston County um, chairperson, um, Brady, was on the board of Emerge, I believe. I remember reaching out and not getting as much as even a reply to my email when I was interested in Emerge um, and being perhaps a leader and help spearheading some of the um, some of the work. Um, and that's that's actually been very consistent with my experience. Um, Kayla, I don't know if your experience in Richland County has been different in terms of the, the, the leadership there. Do you feel as if that when you reach out to your leadership that you get um, a response, a reply, that you're heard? Um, so you, I, I think my experience may not be typical experience for some people, but I do. I, and then I'm also kind of selective of who I, I reach out to. But for the most part, when I do reach out, even in the case of working on, you know, this Black Women 2020 initiative, when I've reached out to people, mm-hmm. I have gotten overwhelmingly um, a good response. Um, From the party? Or, well, that's the other thing. So I guess that should I guess I, that could kind of kind of segue into like mm-hmm. how I see Black Women 2020 because to be quite honest, I haven't necessarily reached out to the party and be, no, we don't. I mean, honestly, we don't need right. to. <laughs> but I just want right, to right. Know, yeah. right. So I don't mm-hmm. have I don't have any feedback on that per se. You know, I have um, people who you know do align more closely than I do with the party who I consider to be. Um, trusted confidants and friends and people that I know are really about the work and the mission. And I kind of lean in on, on them a lot for their wisdom and their support, but I don't necessarily reach out to the party simply because, um, I, well, a lot of it is, you know, when I, when I was looking around and even just looking at the candidates that are running, there are some that I like enough, mm-hmm. but nobody that I'm gun ho about getting behind. Right? right. What I am, really excited about are eager to push when I know that we're walking into this time when the the, the primary is going to shine the spotlight on South Carolina and people are going to want to know what black women have to say and people are going to come and like want our labor and our work and to hear our voices to a certain extent. What I'm interested in is how do we get behind black womanhood in South Carolina the way we so zealously get behind candidates. I think it's important 
you know, yes. that we kind of figure out how we can um, kind of crowdsource our opinions and our viewpoints to create a collective lens for black womanhood. Can you, so it's can not you, can just you, like, let me ask oh, you something. Let me ask you, can you repeat uh-huh. that? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. That deserves reiteration. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no. So I think, you know, we, we get the opportunity, right? So every black woman, and that's, okay, I'm, it's easy for me to go off on a tangent when I get excited, but here's the thing. Go ahead. Like, <laughs> I think the other one of the things that's really important to me is that it's not just a type of woman who can get involved in politics, right? Like I see a lot of shaming of people when they decide to like speak up and and to try to engage, but they're the same people that we want to come out and vote when it's time to be, you know, to in November or whenever we have elections. The thing is, I, you know, I feel like we have to engage everyone right now and everyone Every black woman is an expert in her own lived experience. And she has some, she's a teacher and she's a learner and she's a student. So we have the opportunity to take our experiences and our viewpoints and to crowdsource those and to create a collective lens through which we can weigh our policies and our politicians and our issues. And we can say now that we are, you know, turning this and centering our experiences and really defining what it means to be a black woman who has her voice elevated, what safe spaces look like, what support looks like, what it means to be seen looks like for me, we can create those spaces for black women to speak up and to share what their experiences are and to take that information and to weigh what our needs are against what we're being offered. Instead of just saying, well, this is all we have to choose from, I'm going to go pick something. I think with the primary coming and us being the first state in the South, we have an opportunity to really turn and look at ourselves and say, but what do we want? And I'm not like being idealistic and say we can get everything, but I'm saying, you know, this doesn't have to be a fast courtship. Like we can actually take some time and figure out as who we are. We're not a monolith, the black women in South Carolina. We're a diverse group of people. I'm from the mighty metropolis of Manning, South Carolina. It's super rural, you know, like I grew up on a farm. I've lived in Columbia, Greenville. I've worked in every region of this state. Black women across the state are so beautiful and diverse. We have so many different experiences and so much to offer. I think as we move forward, we owe it to ourselves to hear from black women and to take those opinions and those experiences and to create a lens for ourselves and to say, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't align with who we are and what we need, then it needs to be tweaked. Like it needs to be worked on. We don't have to keep settling. You know, I think that's so important. It's about self-determination and having what we deserve. Yeah, uh, just again to remind folks, uh, this is Miked Up on Ohm. I'm your host, Amika Gadsden. You're listening to 96.3 FM Ohm Radio. We're broadcasting live out of the workshop uh, food court here at 1503 King Street. And just so you all, all know, you can, um, if you're listening to us in the car or on the radio at home, that's cool. But you can also stream this show and any other show uh, live at www.ohmradio.com. 963.org or on the free mobile app. Uh, Kayla, I think you just knocked it out of the park. This is the reason why when I first met you, I saved you in my phone with a bomb emoji next to your name. Um, because, <laughs> I, because I think you're, you're just so dope at encapsulating the issue. And like you, you, you speak to, I guess what, if my intuition had a voice, it, it would say what, it would say what you just said. Um, uh, hopefully it will be as articulate as your as your voice. You know, one thing um, one thing I, I really have observed is what you just hit on as as black women not being a monolith like I myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am a um, you know, I'm, I identify as a cisgendered heterosexual. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. go to church. I never, I never was in a sorority, um, like a lot of black Southern women. Um, I don't have necessarily conservative values like my mother and father um, mm-hmm. might have. And um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm I was raised with those sensibilities, and I have respect for that. However, I like what you mentioned about um, the black women being able to kind of embrace all types of black womanhood so you have those mm-hmm. the cardi b's or the the the, the hood chicks mm-hmm. and they have just as much right uh to have access to political capital as anyone else and being credentialed or having a degree or even having a a, a sexy high profile job does not mean you're the right. only type of leader we need 
Um, I, I mean, that, sure. that's been evidenced by who we have currently as commander in chief. You know, you don't have to be cut from a, <laughs> a specific cloth to actually rise to the top. And I, I, um, I just want to commend you for what you just said. Um, I also wanted to talk about some other things like I, I mentioned this to you on the phone. I was in dialogue with a friend from Walterboro, Michelle, and she brought up her discontent with like current leadership. Um, and, and I think people don't realize how much of a privileged position we're in. You mentioned it a moment ago. South Carolina's uh, Democratic primary is the first. And so that means whoever we choose for president, whoever we go for, pretty much that's what the entire country in terms of Democrats will coalesce around. So that means we have tremendous power, especially given the fact that black women are the ones that vote more consistently and the, we're the ones that turn out the most, right? So knowing mm-hmm. that, what kind of advice would you give um, to women who are unhappy, perhaps, with current leadership? Are there any tools or any way you, you think that women could just start leveraging their power and start showing their power to get some people out of right. office, and, maybe? <laughs> for sure. You know, and then, you know, I think so often, like, we think about how we can wield our power and then it automatically becomes like, how do we do like the biggest event or how do we auto, you know, connect with the people who have the titles or the people who have the money. But, and, and those things sometimes play a role too, but like we also come from the legacies of like, you know, Ella Baker, yeah, <laughs> Amy like, Amy. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the yeah. conversations, like when we think about organizing the conversations that can happen in living rooms, the conversations that can happen in if you are spiritual or religious and you go to church, like the conversations that can happen in churches and in beauty and barbershops, it's not just campaign workers who can go out and have those conversations. Like as black women, if these are things that matter to you, you, you can go and you can start building those, um, having those conversations and finding out, like like exploring one. And I'm I'm big on like first, like understanding what you know who I am Mm -hmm. so I think you get to give yourself that kind of grace and like take time to have exercise some introspection and really know what you want and be able to share and articulate that with other people but also to like hold space and hear from our sisters too right because Mm -hmm. sometimes we have access to to rooms that they don't have access to so if I can carry their stories or if I can hold space for them then I'll you know I'll do that but you know city council meetings county council meetings they're all open. Like we can go and, and even if you don't have anything to say, if you just want to get used to being there, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think I know sometimes it sounds easier than possible, especially if it's an unfamiliar space and it doesn't feel like a safe space. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where we have the opportunity to like grab our sisters and say like, Hey, let's go, let's go to this meeting, you know, like yeah. let's go sit, let's hold these people accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, most passionately for me, I think, right now in the space that I'm in is figuring out how do we elevate black women's voices in online and offline spaces. And I don't want to be the person to come and harvest a whole bunch of stories from black women and turn it into a sexy social media campaign. I want to find out how do I create spaces where black women are comfortable exercising their own voices. And I know there's a component to that that involves listening to them first. Ooh, um, okay, stop. Right. I, I, hold on. I got to give you some snaps. <laughs> I, I, I could not agree with you more. You know, um, recently um, I've been uh, – I, I not not as not necessarily a critic of a local event, but I definitely um, I encourage folks to when you go into neighborhoods, right? If you're trying to make change, if you're trying to speak to an issue, it's important that you first go and listen, that you first take you know because you're a visitor sometimes, or or when you're just trying mm-hmm. to get to know a demographic, it's important that you mm-hmm. first don't make any assumptions, but listen. And I do think that people aren't listening to us, and I know I am a gadfly. I'm someone who's an irritant. I think that's important. For someone to occupy that role, I have no problem being that. Um, but but the point is, like, I always bring up issues and, and challenge power, and I do mm-hmm. feel like people tune me in and then they tune me out. Um, let's let's talk specifically about that tool that you approached me with that you want to build that's going to help address that very thing that you just spoke about, which is amplifying women's voices and taking it beyond just a social media fad and making it a more of a, a movement. So what what is it that you're? Right. Tell me about that idea. <laughs> Okay, so Black Women 2020, right? When I mentioned that I looked around and I, 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 there are candidates that I like enough, but nobody that I like so much that I'm like, oh, I'm going to work for this person, right? Mm-hmm. What I do know is I have a heart for 
and I'd like to spend time helping to amplify black women's voices because the black women who came to me after that article, the black women who came to me after I posted about um, my local school board rep who'd been like trashed at a school board meeting by, you know, racist remarks and her having a black woman stand with her, the black women who came to me after that, the black women who come to me about their workspaces after I left my job because I didn't feel like I was, um, yeah. I felt like yeah. I, I was being mischaracterized. I yeah. felt like it wasn't a space where I was being authentic to who I was or a space that could honor who I was. And so the black women who have come and told me their stories after that, when I think about what I can get behind moving into this next election, it's black women. Like for me right now, black women are my focal point, my focus point. So like when I think about ways that we can elevate the black woman's voice, right? I started thinking about ways and I said, well, I want to write about it. I want to write an article for Medium about all the ways we can elevate black women's voices. And then, you know, as I started writing the article, it just kind of dawned on me, like, you want to elevate black women's voices? You don't have to write this article by yourself. Like, you can invite other women to contribute with you. You can turn it into a publication. And so I did. I've reached out to black women. We're working on a publication. It'll be out on the 18th. Yeah. And then we'll have a Twitter conversation around it. I'm using the hashtag black women 2020. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, because I, again, we're limited in the ways we know to elevate black women from South Carolina's voices. I want to hear from black women in South Carolina. So I've also created merchandise, um, which I plan to sell to actually um, fund me being able to host like a listening tour around the state and to pay black women to find, you know, free or whatever venues and to get other women together so that I can hear from black women in different areas of the state from different black backgrounds about, you know, what matters to them. Again, I want to know, not just talking about issues, I want to know how do we even get you to that point where you're comfortable sharing. So again, what does it mean for you to have a safe space? What does it mean for you to be seen? What does it mean for you to feel supported? How do we take that information and create spaces online and offline where we can elevate the black woman in South Carolina's voice? And for me, I feel like that gives room for us to have more black women in in online spaces speaking, but also black women standing with those women who are sharing their viewpoints and encouraging them and affirming them and seeing them and like, keeping the conversation going and so when when it's when we're moving into 2020 in the primaries and we're looking at south carolina it won't be that the only people telling our story don't look like us that even if they don't put us in their publications that even if they don't invite us to contribute to you know their their newspapers we can like create our own platforms collectively and we can share black women's content from south carolina and we can promote what black women are doing so that the story coming out of South Carolina about black women is actually from black women. Mm. Um, And so, you know, again, right now, the big focus is identifying people in different counties who are willing to help organize these roundtable discussions with black women. I am intent, whether or not I sell the merch and can pay for it, or if I have to figure out how to pay for it out of my own pocket, it's on my heart. And I'm intent on paying black women for their labor. And so, the black women who say, hey, you can come to my county. I want to host this roundtable session. Right. I'm going to pay them to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that's one of the ways we elevate black women's voices is by compensating them for right. their work. Absolutely. And I've, I've worked campaigns, and I know yeah. how often people end up working almost you know, part-time jobs and do it just out of the goodness of their heart. And right. there's nothing wrong with vo- volunteerism, but there's a lot wrong with exploitation. Right. And so, so I'm, hold on one second. I want to pause a little uh, bit. Like I said, um, I just want to remind folks who are listening. You're listening to Tamika Gadsden. And I'm the host of Miked Up on Ohm, a radio show. We broadcast live every Friday at 4 p.m. And we rebroadcast at 7 p.m on Mondays, and you're listening to me talk to my friend Kayla Millett regarding black women's political power um, and how we can leverage our power to not just vote along party lines and just forfeit our power, but actually advocate for ourselves and amplify our voices. Um, Kayla, um, let me ask you a question. What topics or what uh, agenda items have you heard more consistently from a myriad of black women? Like, What different things are priorities Mm -hmm. as we head into um, the election season? Um, well, you know, I think right now, as always, people are talking about education. Right. <laughs> and 
education always seems to be a big deal. I think, you know, when we think about, um, I think there seems to be a lot of people who are very interested in gun control, a lot of black women who are interested in gun control, but also more so like, you know, um, criminal justice reform. (laughs) <laughs> because we've you know seen how that has ripped through our communities um so there's a, a lot of interest in how do we address that and which candidates are talking about that in a way that resonates with us and speaks to what we actually need not just what sounds good um like i said you know education is always a big one and then um Healthcare. Yeah, <laughs> healthcare is always especially for black women now we're talking about you know the the all the births for black women who are, I mean, not the births, the deaths that black women are experiencing in childbirth. Like um, another major issue for black men, and we're seeing the disparities in the care and the treatment that black women receive. Um, So I think, you know, those are some of the issues that I'm hearing from people. And it's really important. When that publication comes out on the 18th, um, some other issues will be addressed. I have like a, a pretty good group of women who have decided to contribute, and it's cool because I get to hear, we get to hear from their perspectives, right. um, each of them, okay. based on issues that they've worked on. Um, okay. Also, you know, we're just like all the we just like the Me Too movement. We're just like in the midst of a lot of that. We just seen like the whole R. Kelly documentary and everything um, become super viral and, and that conversation is, is growing and we're learning like about some of the things that we carry, not just um, personally, but intergenerationally and right. some of the things that have systemically occurred that have helped to perpetrate violence against women, specifically black women. Right. Um, I think, you know, for us, that's another issue that's going to be important is, uh, you know, how do we, how do we make sure that black girls and black women are protected? Right. So um, where, where can people find more information about you or where should we be? I know I'm going to be sharing. Um, I'm going to send out my newsletter, letting people know um, the next steps for um, black women 2020 and any, any other major developments, especially in regards to maybe our first round table that I'm, uh, hopefully I will work uh definitely have a a big hand in the first one um in the low country part i guess in the low country region but where can people maybe find your content or what what do you how do people find you (laughs) yes so um i am actually on um i'm on medium um and that's where we will be publishing i'm actually publishing an an article tomorrow specifically about this to let people know what Black Women 2020 is and how they can get involved. It'd be very helpful if people would read it and share it. There's actually an Instagram and Twitter account for Black Women 2020. They've been created. Um, nothing's been really populated right. there. They're like holding space right. so that as we start to, it's very grassroots right now. And I mentioned like nobody who's, you know, jumped into help so far right. is getting paid, including me. Right. But again, my goal is to pay black women and to compensate they compensate they compensate them compensate them for their work. Um which means yeah. um yeah, which means right now we're very grassroots and so there's a Twitter and an Instagram account that we'll be making a push soon for followers okay. on so people can follow us there as well to connect with Black Women Twenty Twenty. That's you know all it is. Is it just and, is it just um, at is it just at Black Women Twenty Twenty? Mm-hmm. Okay. On both accounts. Okay. Well, that's and and also you said the Medium article. Um. And so is it under Kayla Millett in Medium? Yes. Okay. So K A Y Yeah. You can spell your name. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. It's K A Y L A. Last name Millett. M A L L E T T. Okay. Well, Kayla, I'm gonna wrap up with you right now as I um as I end the show. Uh, well, well, I'm going to wrap up with some commentary, but I want to say thank you so much for your vision and for reaching out to me. I'm, I'm hoping that I can add value to this initiative. I think it's important that, that we actually uh, transcend party and start to just, um, you know, represent ourselves and become more vocal about things that matter to us. So thank you so much for, for coming on to Mic'd Up on OM. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And you already have added value in so many ways. So I appreciate you. Thank you for seeing me and, and trusting me and having me on. Oh, no problem. And I'll call you, I'm sure, after the show. I'll call you sometime soon, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, take care. Take care. All right. All right bye-bye. Bye. And, yeah, so, um, again, for those who are 
just tuning in. My name is Mika Gadsden. You're listening to Miked Up on OM Radio. This is 96.3 FM OM Radio, your nonprofit, non-commercial radio station. We're broadcasting live from Workshop, which is located at 1503 King Street. And what I'm going to do is probably, okay, I'm going to, um, again, I'm letting you behind the curtain, y'all. <laughs> I am learning how to operate the board myself. Um, so what we're going to do is take a music break. Um, yeah, we're going to take a little quick music break and then I'll come back and close out the show. Um, let me find out what song I want to play first, Jenna. Hold on a second. All right. I think, yeah, I found my, I found my song. Okay. So here we go, y'all. some of that juice world <laughs> hi this is mika gadsden you're listening to miked up on ohm radio this is 96.3 fm on radio broadcasting live from workshop uh food court here at 1503 king street and we just hopped off the phone before the music break we hopped off the phone with a uh, miss kayla Millette, and she and i were having a conversation regarding black women's um political power heading into a very very active and important election cycle and before I wrap up today's show, I just wanted to close out by saying that um, I've had so many conversations with women throughout the state of South Carolina. For those who don't know, I was the um, former affiliate lead of Women's March. So I, I've done a lot of organizing throughout, and I've shifted my focus primarily to service African-American communities because the need there is great. And also because, uh, as Kayla had touched on, representation is lacking. 
we don't have enough visibility and in areas where we do see visibility there isn't any power or actual influence and so what we're trying to do is just transcend party lines I, I don't believe in partisanship I don't identify as a D or an R or an I <laughs> I identify as Mika and um, I want to make sure that I start creating or or speaking truth to power in regards to the priorities that impact me I live on Wadmalaw Island it's a part of Cha Charleston County I don't have a mayor, but I am active and I'm very um, interested in what's going on in my area. And um, for people like myself who might live in a rural pocket, it's important that our voices are heard, that, um, that our interests are protected, that our environment is protected, um, that our kids go to great schools and that there are uh, great public schools being supported. And, and those are just some of the issues that um, I hope to shed light on as the election season progresses. It's important that uh, folks start seeing black women as not just this reliable, captured electorate that comes out and votes reliably Democratic every single uh, political season. And I, I'm sure we will, but it's important that black women start realizing how much influence they actually have. And so please look out in the future. You're going to hear um, conversations from me regarding uh, activities with both Kayla and, and without Kayla regarding roundtables, Hopefully we can um, start listening to black women throughout the state and I can lean on a lot of those organizers who, are, who have come before me, who have done so much work. I encourage anyone who's listening to please read more about Septima Clark, uh, Charleston's own civil rights icon. Uh, read about the work she and Esau Jenkins did to prepare African-Americans. Study her movement work. Study Fannie Lou Hamer. Study Ella Baker. Um, Diane Nash. Uh, these names of black women who have worked so hard to make sure that everyone has free and equal access to voting and that they are that they're lead and they've they've created movements and, and given us a playbook that I know that I'm going to pull from um, in the coming months. So it's important that you say these names and you'll hear me talk about Septima Clark very often because we I don't believe that she gets enough uh, notoriety. I also encourage everyone, no matter where you sit, what aisle you're sitting on, hold your elected officials accountable. Uh, hold them accountable, call them, write them, uh, let them know when they're doing great, hold them accountable when they're not doing too hot. It's important that you, your voice is heard and that you speak up, not just during the election season. Also, um, just as a note, it, today, at the time of the recording of this live show, it's uh, it's uh, before the weekend. So this weekend, uh, I it's April 7th on Sunday, I'm going to head out into the Back to Green area. You heard in previous shows that we have a huge issue with environmental racism and gentrification um, on the neck in Charleston, specifically at the Back to Green area near Burke High School. Also, what's at risk is the Gasden Creek. And so in previous shows, you heard me speak about uh, those two areas being at risk. And so this weekend, I, myself, and um, some friends will be canvassing and just listening to that community and seeing how we can help them prepare for changes coming on the horizon, both um, commercially and uh, changes that have been put in motion um, by local government. So if you have any questions or if you want to help me canvas in Back to Green or over there uh, near Gasden's Creek or Gasden Green um, housing complex, you can reach me at um, via email Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A, at charlestonactivistnetwork.com. Until next time, though, um, you all just uh, stay, stay up and stay free. Thank you for listening.